0: Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How's everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. So happy to be back on the mic with you guys and happy National Rum Day. We are going to be talking all about rum and Mama Juana in this week's episode with the founder of Candela. But before I jump in to more about what this episode is about, let's catch up because I am back from New York and I am exhausted. What a week. It was, though. I had an incredible time. It felt so good to get out of Miami, get a change of scenery. I hadn't traveled at all this summer, which was very strange in and of itself. But then I got to also act like I lived in New York for a week. And it was such a unique experience. You know, we all one day dream of living in the big city. And for everyone, like, that's not feasible. And it's not always the right choice. So you know, I had never actually made any affirmative step to going to live in New York City. I don't think it's for me. Um, but it was nice to to pretend that I did for a week and now I for sure know it's not for me because I cannot do the cold. Um, but I enjoyed my time. I had so much fun staying with a friend, seeing friends, meeting my clients, going to dinner, going to drinks, happy hours, running around the city like a chicken with my head cut off. But It felt really good to, you know, go on a business trip. This was officially my first work trip. Like, I had gone to Orlando for a day for an inspection back in the fall for my PI job, but this was the first time I had gone on a work trip for my own firm, for my own businesses. And I went for a week and I got to see my mentor and I got to meet actually two of my mentors and I hung out with them all weekend. I got dinner with them, brunch with them, coffee. And it met more. I met some of my idols, Sherman Laka, who is the founder of Level of Legal, which is the founder of the conference, the Empire State of Law conference that I was attending. She was on the podcast, actually, episode 50. I'll link it below for you guys. She is one of my biggest mentors. And she is one of my biggest mentors. And it felt so cool to finally meet her in person and hang out with her and just you know, hear more about her story and meet her team and meet her friends and her colleagues. And I just felt so in my element, like this is where I'm meant to be. And now that I'm out of law school and have been working and building my own firm for a year, I 100% know that this is the route that I'm meant to be on. And I just felt so reaffirmed in that. And meeting more of my colleagues in this industry who are trailblazers and pioneers in this industry, in, you know, cannabis and psychedelics, in IP, in chat GPT and AI ethics issues, you know, all these really interesting questions that we're talking about in the legal community and the people are curious about how they work in the real world. You know, it was so insightful and I learned so much and I just have so many ideas and things I want to do. Now, having met all these people and the opportunities that are coming my way are absolutely incredible, and I'm just riding a high. I'm exhausted, but I'm riding a high. I truly don't know how it's already mid August. Yesterday, I didn't even realize it was already Tuesday. Like, I don't know how today is Wednesday because I got I landed Sunday night super late at night. So, I feel like Monday just went by. Like a blink of an eye even though I went to work and I like did a full day at the office for my pi job I literally was yesterday I was like what day is it like what did I do today I, I I just I felt like I was like in a time warp like it just didn't happen and I already don't know how we're going into Thursday and I'm recording another episode for you guys like it just I feel like the weeks are going by fast and they say time flies when you're having fun yeah like it really like when you are in your element and things are going right it's just They come all at you at once and it is like overwhelming in a good way. I'm just like so excited for all the opportunities that are coming and I went to coffee today with someone here in Miami to, you know, network and potentially get more clients and, you know, give them my virtual business card and say like, hey, if you think of anyone who can use my services, here you go, please introduce us and like, you know, me doing the same for him. You know, while I was at the conference, law students came up to me and were like, you are such an inspiration. I want to learn from you and and now I'm, you know, I'm mentoring my law clerk, I'm mentoring these law students and it's just wild to me that I'm the person that people look up to now because I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing and I need so much guidance and I'm grateful for my mentors and being able to go there so it's really cool to see it, you know, me now pass the torch and offer that to the next generation. And also hearing from my mentors that they are also figuring it out as they go and they don't have it all figured out, you know, is really reassuring because it's really easy to think that on social media, everyone has it all figured out and we don't. And New York taught me that for sure, that everyone is just flying by the seat of their pants and figuring it out as they go. But with the right people surrounding you and the right tools and resources, You can do anything you set your mind to and hearing other people's stories of how they got to where they are was just exactly what i needed and we actually talk a lot about career development in this episode with alejandro the founder of candela and we talk about you know knowing you have an idea and you know deciding to leave your job to pursue the idea and how to build a company from scratch especially an alcohol company because there's a whole lot more to it when it comes to alcohol because it's regulated federally and you know there's all the state bureaucracy and all of that involved talking about advice and hiring people and figuring out who you are and if this is really the right path for you and it was just so cool to again continue to network and meet people that are where i see myself in 5 10 15 years and looking up to them and you know the same way that I'm providing guidance to you these calls provide guidance to me and their mentorship and advice for me and I love that I get to share that with you but also that I get to have these people in my community like it's so freaking cool they reached out to me to be on the podcast and I was like I've never had an alcohol company on the podcast before I think that would be really fun to share with people how an alcohol brand is built and you know, learn more about Mama Juana because I grew up going to the Dominican Republic every year as a kid. So I'd heard about it, but it's not something that you really get that much in the U S or anywhere outside of the Dominican Republic, which is what he's trying to change. So we talk about that too. And it was just honestly a really fun conversation. So without further ado, I'll do a quick suck and sweet of the week, and then we'll dive right in and celebrate national rum day together. So my suck of the week is that I'm exhausted. I am so dead and I can't wait to just do nothing this weekend and to relax. I, I'm going to yoga, then I'm going to the beach with my family to celebrate my dad and my grandma's birthday and it's going to be really, really nice to just relax and have a mini vacation because New York was an incredible trip, but it was, it was work for sure. <laughs> it was a lot of work and it was a work trip and I am dead. My feet hurt so, so much. But I had the most amazing time. And that is my sweet also. Like that I just, I mean, you can tell in my voice and everything I've just said. Like I am riding such a big high because New York was everything I didn't know I needed. And so, so much more. I manifested a few of my career goals while I was on this trip. The people that I got to be in a room with and connect with. And I have so many networking calls the next few weeks to capitalize on that and see what comes out of it. I'm just... I'm so incredibly grateful and excited for what is to come and I can't wait to continue to share that with you guys. I feel like I say this every single week, but just things are going really, really well, so I have to share them with you. I'm so excited to talk to Alejandro and talk about Candela and what Mamawana is and I didn't know this, but he is not Dominican. He is from Chile, actually, but he fell in love with Dominican culture, and he knew that he needed to be the one to bring Mama Juana to market and to introduce it to people in the U.S. and beyond, and, you know, as someone who is also Latina but not Dominican, going to the Dominican Republic every year as a kid, it was, like, the best time. It We had so much fun on vacation. It was beautiful. The food, the culture, the people, the music, we talk about it in this episode, and it felt like coming home, having this conversation with him. Honestly, it felt so warm and buzzy, and felt like I was talking to my big brother and we had so much fun. So I hope you guys enjoy. If you like this episode, please leave a rating and review. Please subscribe to the show, share with a friend, tag us as you're listening. Let me know if you want more episodes, who you want to see next, what topics you want me to cover. And I will see you guys next week. Meet Alejandro and Candela. So Alejandro, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you?
1: I think most people wouldn't know anything because...
0: Yeah, you're <laughs> not the face a... of the company.
1: No, I'm, I'm a very private person and I rarely post. Uh, it's like maybe on my birthday I'll post or, or recently on Father's Day, which, you know, I'm a recent dad, so I'm very proud of that. But, but yeah, I, I wish I posted more, but yeah, I, I'm a very private person.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I was like when I was I like was trying to find your profile to like see who you were before this and I couldn't find much so I was like yeah I figured you're gonna say something about being private but I know
1: I I always tell myself like on New Year's like okay this year I have to be more out there more open but I I don't know I just get busy and then I totally forget to do it yeah
0: no I think it's like it's admirable like I I've noticed that as I've gotten older I feel less of a need to share my life online like you know growing up as a kid in the digital age like you know you wanted to show your friends what you're doing at all times of the day and I honestly like it's three o'clock I've barely posted today unless it's like promoting like my podcast or something because right. I've just been busy. But yeah, I, I just have noticed like I don't really post as much anymore. And like people will literally be like, are you okay? You haven't posted anything all there." I'm like, Everything I'm, just, all right. I'm busy. Like I just forget or like there's just nothing to share. Like life's not that exciting. You know, when you're staring at a computer screen all day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? what what, what happens in my case, people always think that when you own a liquor brand, it's just a very sexy lifestyle. So they always see photos of our parties and when we're doing crazy stuff or the travels to the Dominican Republic and all these things but literally 95% of my day is looking at an excel screen and and just like answering emails and calls um it's it's you know rare when when, when we do the exciting things and that's when we post so i i totally know what you're saying but yeah i i, I do want to try to post more because uh people when we show them what we're doing when we uh, show them what's under the hood a little bit they they really like to see what we're working on so I've yeah, made that I commitment love,
0: I love seeing behind the scenes of companies especially not so much people because people are people and like we all kind of do the same thing but companies I'm like okay what makes this brand yeah. different than this one like the the behind the scenes is what makes it special exactly
1: and- so yeah. exactly and, and and the highs and lows and and the failures and all that stuff is so cool to share because. Behind every success story, uh you can count, you know, ten times more failures that, that are what paved the journey to the success. And it's really exciting to to hear those things. And I feel like when you're an entrepreneur, it's great to tell other fellow entrepreneurs about these pitfalls so that they could learn from them and avoid them. And and it's also relatable too. Um
0: Absolutely. Yeah. As an yeah. entrepreneur, I literally I posted, I don't know if you're on threads yet or if Candela's on threads or you've you've seen it. We, we just got
1: on it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was I was thinking about it because I had a client call on Monday and when they asked me about prices, I was like, I, you know, I I'm confident in saying it, but then she was like, can you break it down for me? And like, I, again, I was confident. I knew it. But then like, after the call, I was like, why is it so hard for us? Like a little different for you, but like as a service provider, like why is it so difficult for entrepreneurs to demand that they get paid what they're worth? And like, I made that a thread, but I was like, Mm. give me advice. Like I'm a young lawyer. Like, how do I get really good at like this? Is what my services cost, and it's an expensive degree. Like I, you know, it's it's hard. Oh yeah, you gotta pay
1: for it, of course.
0: But you know, and and she's one of my friends, and she met well. Like wasn't that, but it was just like the the question mm. popped in my mind. I'm like, with any like I've had the client calls where they're really like, it's not that she wasn't gonna pay, she just wanted to know. Whereas other clients are like, yeah, no, that's too much. Like and like yeah, a lot of times my calls, like, don't my consultations go nowhere because. The client doesn't want to pay, or and I'm like, that's just like you know, I'm already charging on the low end because I'm new. So imagine right. like, if I was charging more, like that's it's really hard as an entrepreneur. So I like that you mentioned that sharing the pitfalls and yeah, that it's relatable.
1: It's true, and and what you're saying is really interesting. We we deal with this a lot because we work with so many independent creators and uh, and different talent that we're always dealing with this issue. Uh, how much are we going to pay for things? What's fair? What's not? I guess my my quick two cents of advice, if, if you'd like to hear it, is yes. that um, usually it's good when you kind of standardize. So, okay, you're alert. So if you standardize whatever it is that you do and just make it like a very quick and simple, like this is what it is, that's what I would recommend. So for example, Let's say you make a list of the top five services that you offer. I'm making this up, but let's say creating company contract like LLC agreements, or if it's immigration, you do you know the types of visas that you do or whatever type of work you do. Um, and I would literally create your rate card, which details each service and like a flat fee or a per hour, if that's what you charge on based on additional services and i would just send it out and like these are the rates same for everybody and then if there's any pushback if somebody says like hey you know what that's way more than what i would have expected you can say look happy to work something out with you what makes sense for you but at least you're giving them a starting point yeah um and and well, i think and, for and that it makes sense i think sense.
0: that's that's great advice and yeah i do something similar and i always like I have a lot of mentors and friends that are a few years older than me in the space. So I'm always like, okay, what do you charge for this? Or is this like, I based my prices off of their their prices. Exactly. I lowered it a little because they have X amount of years of experience over me. So I'm like, okay, I'll do a little bit less.
1: Yeah. You, you adjust it.
0: And yeah. And I'm willing to work with people, but it's, it's hard. No one talks about how difficult it is. Like, no, there's a lot of advice and stuff out there now on social media about starting a business about any kind and like, mentorship and networking and all these different things, but once you're actually in it and again you're just staring at a computer screen all day, it, it can get a little overwhelming and it's like, oh, oh yeah. I'm the one in charge here. Like you're like, you know, the if you don't do it, nobody and, else Yeah, is exactly. Do it. Like in the buck stops <laughs> with you. Um but yeah but, so But I
1: I, I really I, admire what you're doing and all entrepreneurs I admire them because being an entrepreneur is so difficult. Uh starting something, being your own boss Uh, people think that it's the dream, right? Uh, You you have that image of like, sitting on a beautiful beach with a laptop like office for the day. It's definitely not like that. And being your own boss is not as glamorous as it sounds. It's a lot of hard work. Um, But it you know, with that cost, obviously, it has its results if it goes well. And I just think you'll you'll learn if you press yourself too low, for example, you'll see that maybe you get overwhelmed with the demand and Then the next time you'll have to increase your rates and that's okay. And it happens to us a lot. Like we work with a lot of talent that we believed in them when they were starting out. I'll give you an example of like a great videographer uh, that we work with. He's literally a kid and, but, but he's so talented and we're one of his first clients, but, but we committed to doing a lot of work with him and his rates have now gone up crazily because now he's gotten like kind of famous and I don't want to be that asshole that says like, Hey, uh, I used to charge us, you know, 10% of this, but then, but then he's also reasonable and doesn't charge me the same thing that he charges his mega clients. But I I do understand that he's grown as a professional. And so it's it's nice to ride that wave. So maybe somebody will come at you with, I'm making this up, like uh, a price of a hundred for a service. And then Maybe in a year from from now, you've got a bigger client roster. Maybe that service will be 250 and that'll be okay. And they'll see you grow. And then you'll just have to say, look, you know, that's what my rates are these days. If it doesn't work for you, happy to refer you to someone else.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, it is. It's just, yeah, like you said, riding the wave and just being patient. And yeah, it's not all glamorous. I mean, there's some really glamorous sides to it. But yeah, it's not always easy. And a lot of it is just patience. And that's that's been oh, yeah. my that's my fatal flaw. It's always been, impatience has always been my, my biggest downfall, but you know, it's, it has actually a lot. Yeah. I think it's a common one. It's helped me a lot being an entrepreneur or just as a person, I've grown and evolved so much as a person, just Mm. being an entrepreneur. And I mean, I started being an entrepreneur way before I even realized I was one with a blog and a podcast and, you know, Instagram way before, like, in college while I was still in law school, but it's just, it's crazy to think like I wouldn't be where I'm at today had it not been for social media. And that's how we got connected. And I think, you know, social media, it's a highlight reel. It does a really good job of, you know, making it seem all glamorous, but you know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, but to go behind the scenes of Candela, what is Mama Juana? That's the big <laughs> question. I, I know what it is because I grew up, I'm Latin I grew up going to the Dominican Republic, but for people who aren't familiar with it, what is Mama Juana? Where does it come from?
1: Talk a little. Yeah, bit. of course. Happy to tell you all about it. You're asking the right person. So, <laughs> <laughs> if there's one person you can ask. You got him in front of you. So, the easiest way to understand that I I think is Mexico has tequila, the Dominican Republic has Mama mamajuana. It's that simple. It's the native drink of the Dominican Republic. And what is it? It's I call it uh rum's sexy cousin. And it's because it's a it's a rum based drink. So it's made with rum as a base, but then it's infused with all these natural spices, ingredients and, and uh, wood bark, and it gives it a really nice flavor. It's way smoother and lower ABV than most rums. So it's easier to drink. Um, and people just take it a shot as a, as a shot or on the rocks, so you don't even need to mix it.
0: Well, yeah, I definitely want to try I want to try yours. And I, I Yeah, I was telling you off all- off air. Like I don't know if I've had it, but I'm I, I'm Cuban Ecuadorian. I grew up drinking rum my entire life. Um up until I got to college. And then yeah, my parents gave me alcohol early. Um <laughs> <It's> <laughs> started all, off all, with all mojitos. Yeah. Started off with mojitos by the pool. And then by the time I got to college, I was like, I this is too sweet. I don't want this anymore. And I drink whiskey now. Or tequila. Hey um,
1: look at you, badass.
0: But um but yeah, I, I think it's cool that it's like I like that the rum sexy cousin. It's unique. What is it like rum? What is rum made out of? For people who aren't familiar with rum or the different types of fruit or plants that alcohol comes from, what is rum made out of that Mama Juana then comes from?
1: Yeah, good question. So if you enjoy tequila, you'll really enjoy uh, candela. and it's it's all rum is usually made from sugarcane. What's special about ours is that. Most rums, if you look at the shelf, 97% of the rums sold here in the United States are made from sugarcane molasses, which is the concentrate of the sugarcane juice. Um, Our product, Candela, is made from the sugarcane juice. So it's like the difference of drinking an orange juice from concentrate versus a fresh squeezed orange juice. Okay. Uh, So our product is way more natural uh, than most of the rums you'll find on the shelf, um, it's as farm to table as it gets. It's all from sugar cane grown in the same place that it's distilled, instead of collected from different countries. So um, it's as is as pure and fresh uh, as you can get, and it's made from the sugar cane juice, which is then distilled and then aged in uh, ex bourbon casks in the Dominican Republic uh, into a beautiful can product. I just that- really
0: want to go to the the distillery now. Like I remember as a kid when we would go to the Dominican Republic. We would. I. I was that kid that would grab sugarcane from the like just the. <laughs> the
1: yeah. And it's, I would great. it's great. It's great to chew I, on it. Yeah. yeah,
0: I love. It's funny because I have a lot of friends from my like in Miami now that are not from here, and like whenever they order a drink in the sugar, they're like, "What is this? Is it like a tree?" And I'm like, "Do you want it? Like, I'll take it." Like I'm not even drinking the drink. I'm drinking something else, and I'm like, "I'll take the sugar." I want the sugarcane. Um. You know
1: what's funny is that when you go to a lot of places in Latin America. Brazil, Colombia, Cuba, it doesn't matter where the sugarcane juice uh which they they call it in spanish, it's actually a health drink it's it's like a yes, it's like I've a cold it's like a cold pressed juice it's like a celery juice. People drink sugarcane juice. It's actually not that sweet, surprisingly. It's not, yeah, a, why, I
0: think that's why I like it so much off the like the actual sugarcane itself because it's yeah. not as sweet that way.
1: Yeah. So it's actually really healthy. It's great. It's great for you. Um, Refined sugar is not healthy, but sugar cane and sugar cane juice is very healthy. And our rum is made from pure, from that pure sugar cane juice. Um, So we're, we're very proud of the process and it's all powered by renewable energy too. Um, So yeah, we're definitely very proud with uh, how we make it. Yeah.
0: How did this come about? Like when did this idea of distilling your own Liquor, liquor liqueur mama juana come from like when and then yeah talk about the process of like building candela as a brand and like the distillery and all of that because i don't know I, I don't know about anyone else listening but like, i really want to go on a vacation and now
1: go to the distillery you would you would love it there it's such a cool thing to see um and most people when they visit the distillery and and where we make our product the warehousing uh the the aging warehouse they like their jaw drops to the floor. They, they they can't believe it. It's just a stunning facility. Um, it's right in the middle, you know, of, of the Dominican Republic in a place called San Pedro de Macorís. Um, and the facility itself is just really impressive. But I can spend hours talking about the process. I'll tell you the story. Um I took so, a law
0: distilled spirits class in law school and it was supposed to be like a joke class, but it's honestly one of my favorite classes because learning about the distilling, like I can talk about it all day too. But anyway, I digress. Oh,
1: that's great. Well how then did I'll, it come about? <laughs> record, I'll tell you about yeah. our process and why it's so special, but it all came about in a really unexpected way, which I, I feel like a lot of life's best things are really unexpected. Yeah. Um I'm not I'm not Dominican. I don't come from, so yeah, first of all, I'm not Dominican, okay? I don't come from a liquor family. I didn't inherit like a rum brand or a sugarcane plantation, like none of that. (laughs) Um, I was just a tourist going to Punta Cana and I I came across this product and I fell in love with it. And it's pretty funny because I was actually at the swim-up bar of the resort that I was staying in. I don't know if you've been to these all-inclusive resorts, but it's great. They have, you know, bars like right in. Like inside the pool. They're so fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best. So I was at the swim-up bar and I realized that everybody was drinking shots of Mama Juana. And some friends that I made at the hotel were like, come on, let's have some shots. And like, they were going crazy. And I never even heard the word. I never, never even heard of it. And obviously, you know, a new group of friends, like you just want to fit in. And and I I had this shot. And honestly, I'm not like a shots kind of guy. They're not my thing, but I tried it for the first time and I was hooked and it became my drink of choice that trip um, and things got pretty crazy. So sure. it was fun
0: if you're just kicking shots all day.
1: Oh yeah, no, I, there's a lot of stuff that I probably can't share on this podcast, <laughs> but I'll just tell you that the next day I went to the the bartender and I said like, Hey, what did you give us yesterday? That was insane. And he goes, oh, Mama Juana, have you never heard of this? And then he starts like flexing his arm. Said, said, what, what is this? I've never heard. And then he started telling us the story about it. And it's hundreds of years old. And it's famous in the DR culturally because they call it like the Dominican Viagra down there. <laughs> like they drink it for its uh, health benefits. And mm-hmm. um, and then it just became a thing. And that's what now it's part of Dominican culture. Um, so it's really funny. So that's that's how I heard of it. And then it became my drink of choice during that vacation. When the trip was over, I go up to this guy uh, to say goodbye, my favorite bartender. And I said, hey, I'd love to buy a bottle, bring it back home with me. And he goes, yeah, it's not for sale. You have to make it yourself. And that's when it hit me. And I told him, you're telling me that millions of American tourists are drinking this every year and nobody's selling it? I... I, it just blew my mind. Yeah
0: I I, yeah, I I think that's why I've never, I might've had it there, but I've never seen yeah. it really here. And being in Miami, you would think that you would be able to find something like that. But no, I really don't
1: see no, it. No, and, and and in the DR itself, like we were the first to create a premium Juana. the first. Uh, and, and that's how, you know, that was my aha moment. That was my epiphany, uh, my tropical epiphany where I realized that, wow, like there's a big opportunity because millions of people are already drinking this. Um, let's just make it great and and be the best so um it's been crazy to think about that's when I had like the epiphany, and now fast forward we're selling in all of those resorts and the airport stores, the duty free stores we sell in all the retail stores and and yeah, it's been a lot of progress since then, but it's crazy to think about that when when I had the idea, it just wasn't something that would usually be sold um so we're, we're now the leading brand and we, we kind of created the, the premium Mama Juana thing. And as I like to say it, we were the first to take it from under the bar over to the top shelf.
0: That's so cool. And I love a story like that, where, you know, it was just like a light bulb moment. You're like, okay, like I'm going to see this through and see where I can go with this. And it ends up being like, now it's in duty free and in airports and at these resorts. And it used to just be like a locals drink and now everyone gets to enjoy it. I think that's so cool. How long yeah, did it take? Like, crazy. When when was this magical vacation? Like how long ago is this?
1: It's, as you can imagine, now that you're an entrepreneur, it's a long process and way longer than than people think or like see yeah. how it is because you have the idea, then you have to figure out how to make it. Then you have to get all the legal work done. And liquor is a difficult industry because there's so much regulation. Um, yeah. so it it took a while. I mean, I'd say the the company the company was officially incorporated in 2016. We did 2017 and 2018 just like testing, like getting samples made, starting to sell it. 2019 we started selling the Dominican Republic. And then uh, you know, from there it just really took off. Obviously there was COVID where everything stopped, but then uh growth resumed right after that. And yeah, it's still pretty recent considering that we just started selling the DR 2019 and we had like a year and a half of no no sales and stuff. But it it takes it takes a yeah. while. Just doing, knowing doing the regulatory things takes time.
0: Just know that the quality for sure, but also just knowing the regulatory stuff. I yeah, that's that's pretty quick, which is also just really impressive. Where do you guys sell it here in the US? Is it in any restaurants, any liquor stores? Is it like a Total Wine? Like where can people get it here?
1: Yeah. So so here in the States, uh in Florida, which is where we're based and you know, our main market, we're we're everywhere. So, you know, retail, you can get it at Publix Liquors, ABC, Total Wine, Big Daddy's, Jensen's. Um, when it comes to restaurants and bars, you could get it at uh, you know, so many places like the Four Seasons, like the Soho House, Uh, you could get it at uh the Esme Hotel in South Beach, you could get it at Shuckers, you could get it Casa Tua, all these great places in Miami, uh carry it. But we still have a lot of growth uh, ahead of us. I mean, right now, we only have formal, like full distribution in Florida. Um, so we're not even in all the other states yet. And yeah, can't wait to get in there.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, just I'm sure the distribution side of things. Like, I know that certain distributors, there's only like they're limited how many they can have in a state, and then also like the like, the groups of states they can be in, and it's it's a process. I
1: it's a whole thing. Yeah,
0: I, I yeah, that class was so fascinating to me, and I'm actually glad that like I'm using it in a podcast. Who would have thought? Um, Who would have thought? But no, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna go find it this weekend. We're going to the, our condo at the beach. Um, my mom and I love to make drinks and like mix up mixology. We joke that her and my Ooh, brother nice. in her retirement are going to open a bar. Um, uh, <laughs> this woman will mix up any drink. Like she's like, Oh, like I'm just going to throw this in and it ends up being good. And I'm like, that looked really disgusting going in, but okay,
1: cool. Well, I'd love to see what, 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 what she comes up <laughs> oh, with. Oh yeah. For I'll Angela. definitely,
0: yeah, no, I'll definitely, we're going to, I'm going to look for it. Hopefully we can find it and then I will tag it, share it and I'll show you
1: um Publix liquors that's where you'll find it.
0: Yeah. Hopefully we get a I don't know if we're going to go to Publix here before we leave or in Marco Island, but hopefully we can find they it. We have it all
1: across the state so you, can, you cool. can get it there as well. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so wait, you're not from Z- Dominican Republic. Where are you from?
1: I'm not. I'm actually from from Chile, from Santiago. Okay.
0: Okay. Very. Yeah, cool.
1: so it's it's so funny people always think obviously that I'm I'm Dominican, but and not only because I, I own the leading mamajuana company, but also because I just love Dominican culture so much. I, I, I love everything about the island. I love the island itself. I love the beaches. But the people, the culture is just, it's hard not to fall in love with it once, once you're there and you live there and you have a company there. The people are the nicest, warmest people you will meet. The food's fantastic. The nature is beautiful. And the music don't even get me started. I, mean, I know.
0: Every time, like, it's funny, you know, you know what? Two things always remind me of the DR when I was a kid. Coco Locos. That's what I would drink as a kid at, like, the swim bars. Yeah. And, which is funny because I don't really like coconut that much. Like, I like coconut water and, like, the meat of the coconut. But, like, I don't like coconut flakes or, like, coconut flavor. Yeah. Games. So, that's really funny. But I think maybe because I had so many of them as a kid. <laughs> you had and, too many Coco
1: Locos and you need to yeah. give it a break.
0: And the song, Pásame la Botella. Because that ah. would always be playing in the resorts when I was a kid in the Dominican Republic, and yeah, that's I such, a good, song. I love that such song. a good song. I love that song. But it, you're right; like the culture is just—it's so much fun that they, they—they generally are like such a fun. Like that, like DR and Costa Rica for me are two like the, my favorite Latin American countries to go back to. Um,
1: it's it's crazy when you think about it. The DR, small islands, small country, they they have bachata. It comes from the DR. Meringue, it comes from the DR. Dembo. Great reggaeton. Obviously, all the best baseball players. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so many great people. Cardi B. <laughs> you know, like... Alex um, Rodriguez. Yeah. A-Rod. Like, uh, you know, Big Poppy, which we just sent them a gift the other day. No, like so many legends. And it's a tiny island. It's crazy to think that so many like legendary people and parts of culture have come out of there. So we hope that... Candela is the next big thing to come out of the DR.
0: I mean, I think you guys are well on your way. And I, like, I want to come to one of your events. Like, I want to, like, come, like, behind the bar. Like, I don't know. Like, I love all that stuff. Like, that to me. And just, like, you, you were saying Bachata, like, just I love to dance. I grew up as a dancer. And just dancing Latin music, like, that is just, that's my favorite thing. It's funny. I went to law school in Tennessee. And which is a very <laughs> no wild place in for me to be. But I was, yeah. like. I would be the only, like there was one bar one time that played star I forget, it was like a very like it might have been gasolina or some song like everybody knows. And right. I like or made despacito. my friends Yeah, it might have I don't know, one of the two. And I I made my friends dance to me and like, they didn't know how to dance. And I was like, I don't care, like I don't care about the only girl in the bar first yeah. and everyone's just staring at me, dumbfounded with cowboy hats and cowboy boots on, but like I'm gonna it, right. Like I love it and I, I, I was, love like, that. Okay, I Miami is where I'm meant to be. I need to go home. Um, oh yeah, no, so much I. Fun and I love dancing. Salsa and bachata are my the two main ones that I dance. But yeah, I, listen. If you love
1: that, you got to come to one of our events. We, we throw crazy events. You have all my email. Events, just email me. No, there's one in particular that I think would be fun because all, all, all of the events that we do are kind of outrageous. Whether they're a small fitness event, we always do crazy stuff. But there's. There's a big dance party that I think you'd like. We partner up with a great Latin party called Perreo Galactico. And I don't know if you've heard of them. They're they're getting a lot of that. notoriety in Miami because there are these underground parties in in Hialeah in a warehouse. And they get crazy. I'll, I'll send you the videos. So you're not going to yeah. believe it. The it's- only
0: time I've heard warehouse parties, my 16-year-old cousin begging me to let her go to a warehouse party. I was like, I'd rather sneak you into a club than let you go to an underground warehouse party. But...
1: Okay. Listen, I'm going to send you the videos. You're not going to believe it. Last one was 1,500 like, 1, people. And it's dancing like all the classic reggaeton songs, like Pásame la and like all those. And um, it's, it's a crazy vibe. So the that next sounds, one, sounds it, it happens once a month. And I'll send you the invite for the next one. You're going to love it. It's such a cool. good time to go with your friends to those things.
0: Yeah. No, please. That would be so fun. And yeah, I just, I think it's really cool. You were saying like going back to how like, recent this has all been for you guys and like everything that you guys are able to do just what has that been like like for you that took it from conception to now like how does it that feel like seeing an idea you had it really like okay like I had the idea but okay it wasn't a crazy idea like this actually worked like looking back now what has been your favorite part?
1: It's it's a great question and there are so many great moments it's it's even harder to remember like sometimes I go through my photo album and I see, like, all this stuff that's happened. I'm like, wow, I can't believe all this happened in a year or in two years. And and I think there there's definitely highlights. Like, every time that I see the bottle, like, in the airport and in Santo Domingo, we have a beautiful pop-up store. So you, you go through security and then it's, like, boom, it's, like, right there. It's, like, beautiful pop-up, all Candela branded. And just, like, walking by that airport and seeing that is just incredibly... Uh, a prideful moment like I see it and it's hard to believe, wait that's my brand it's it's crazy Um, and then going to places that you've always been to and then all of a sudden like it's your drink it's it's such a nice feeling like going to Publix and seeing my drink there next to brands that have been around for decades and then you see your drink there or or the other day I was at the Four Seasons and in this happy hour and they were serving my drink and I'm like if I ever told myself and I had the idea that the Four Seasons would be serving my drink, like I would have never imagined it. Yeah. But or celebrities, like the craziest thing that happened like that. I think the highlight was very recently somebody sent me a video, like "Hey, congrats!" I'm like, "What?" And I opened the clip, and it was Cardi B holding our bottle, like on a TV show that they they were interviewing. Oh, her. I
0: think I saw this on your Instagram recently. Yeah, like yeah. I saw it somewhere recently
1: and what's crazy and I'll tell Absolutely. you the the real deal is that we didn't even send them the bottle. So you usually like a brand like will send celebrities a yeah. bottle and you know or PR agencies they do that marketing influencer agencies. No, like I just got the clip when it had already happened. They never even heard about it and there she was holding our bottle when she was being interviewed. I couldn't believe it and she was telling stories about how Cardi B and Offset uh, we're drinking Mama Juan in the DR and, you know, while holding the candela bottle. And it was like, wow, I can't believe that they didn't plan this and it just happened organically. So,
0: but that's the best because like, it just shows that people that are from there, like, you know, they're embracing it too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Or like, there's been a lot of other famous people that we found out that they drink our product. And it's been, it's been crazy to find out. Like, it's just so surprising and and it's those moments where you say like wow like this was just an idea in my head and now we got these famous people drinking it and these famous venues selling it so it's a great feeling and that's what motivates you to really keep pushing when when you're doing all the unglamorous work
0: absolutely um yeah so what is your favorite i i mean if you want to share a little bit about the distilling process i know a lot of alcohol companies they they keep it secret they have their private You know, there are things that they don't like to share so other people can't replicate. But if you want to share a little bit about it or just share your favorite ways to enjoy it, like favorite mixers. I know you said you don't need to mix it, but for anyone who likes a cocktail, your favorite cocktails with Mama Juana.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I love to drink it on the rocks or as a shot. That's my go to. Um, But what ended up happening is that uh, bartenders in these hotels, like they make a mojito with it. They would make the piña coladas with it. They would make all these drinks with it. And people will say like, holy shit, this is the best mojito that I've ever tried. And then we realize that it just makes fantastic cocktails. It's so easy to mix. But ultimately, I just recommend have it as a shot, have it on the rocks because it has such a special flavor that you're going to enjoy it more. And it's really smooth. It's easy to drink. Um, so that's how I recommend having it. Um, and then how it's made. We, we take great pride in how it's made. We make it from fresh sugarcane juice and not molasses, so that's the biggest thing. It's all farm to bottle, so super pure, all estate grown uh single origin sugarcane, and it's distilled, then it goes into uh a bourbon cast where it's aged, and then it's infused with the uh, mamajuana extract where we grab our signature blend uh because there's no standardized way of making mamajuana, so I tested. Dozens and dozens of recipes until so I said, ha, like this is the one that I like. And then that's our signature blend. So then we infuse the rum with our signature Mama Juana blend. And that's how Candela is born.
0: Interesting that the infusion happens after it's in the barrel. Like that's you know, that I, I feel like I don't know, at least to me that sounds like it would be unique. But I don't know. Maybe Mama Juana making it is different. But usually yeah. that the final step is usually when it's you know in the barrel it's, unless they're like mixing it like you know how bourbons are like you know they're mixed different blends something or wine blends you know
1: exactly so the the way that it works is that we the facility that makes candela makes a lot of the best and most award winning rums in the world so we're very fortunate to be made in that same facility so what happens is that they'll take rum from a great you know, a great batch, a great cast. And they'll, in the in the bottling process, they'll take it out, they'll infuse it with our signature blend and make in the right proportion in our unique recipe. And then that's how the, the Mama Juana is made. Okay. So it's a great way to uh, be very authentic to using all the natural ingredients that usually go into a Mama Juana, but then being able to scale the production process to to make as much as you need to export. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. That's
0: cool. That's really cool. i to like I just like think of like you testing all the different blends, like mad scientists out. I remember going to yeah. since I went to school in Tennessee, we got to go to a couple distilleries in Gatlinburg, like in the mountains, and and like actually see the production process of moonshine and of bourbon, or not yeah. bourbon, because bourbon's Kentucky. But and then seeing them in lab coats and like the smelling and like the test and like that that part to me would be so much fun. So I can't imagine. And then also like all the, the seasonal flavors and things
1: you guys get to do with it. That's exactly how it is. You know, I I go to the this distillery. I tell them what I like. Like type, I tell them types of flavors that I like, types of brands that I like. And then Willie, which is the master rum blender comes out. This guy's a legend. He's like...
0: Of course, his name you know, is Wally, too. Like, that's just the classic. That's how you know he's good. This guy was
1: born to make rum. Like, if you saw him, like, he was just born for it. And and it's part science, part art. And and this guy's just the best at what he does. So he just listens to me. And he's like, OK, give me one sec. So he goes to the back. Then, as you said, somebody with a lab coat comes. And they're like, here. And they give you a bottle with no label, just like a handwritten, like, here's a batch." three nine four x seven and then you try and you're like wow this is incredible but okay maybe a little bit more cinnamon or, or less aged or less this and then he just starts like making his little changes and you know one after the other after the other then all of a sudden like it just hits you're like yes like this is what it is and then he records it and then that becomes like our recipe and then every batch that we do the recipe is securely stored and then there's a lab that does four different types of analysis and tests to make sure that every batch is uh, produced according to the standards and, and and recipe that that follow the candela recipe. So it's, it's a beautiful process. It's it's awesome to see how it works and it was a lot of fun testing and, and, and try to figure out, you know, the best way to make candela.
0: Yeah. What are some of the spices that go into a traditional Mama Juana recipe for anyone who is wondering what
1: these flavors would be? Great question. So there's no standardized way of making it, you know, some mamajuanas have 15 things, others have like four. Um, In my opinion, the things that cannot not be in a mamajuana to be considered a mamajuana is number one, uh, this type of wood, which is native to the DR, which is called uh, pegapalo, which it translates roughly to rosewood in English. Um, The second wood is called palo and then third are some of the spices or the leaves for example the mawe leaves which are these leaves that you see in the Mama Juana, they're also from the dr um, and then certain spices also have to be in it like clove uh, cinnamon uh anise like those things for me are like the core uh those two types of wood the maway leaves the the clove the cinnamon and anise uh, or anise as some people say it it's Those are the things that cannot not be an amamacuana to be considered amamacuana. On top of that, some people add other stuff. Uh, I've seen some recipes with nutmeg. I've seen some recipes with uh, ginger. Uh, I've seen some recipes with anything that you can imagine. But I think those are the core ingredients. Then rum. Um and then usually honey to sweeten. Well, it.
0: Cool. it sounds like it's like both like moonshine and like just like any like the start of any Latin dish <laughs> at the same time. It's
1: For like- real. You know, it is kinda like moonshine, but and honestly, I think it's how most spice drums should be. And 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 here's my my opinion on this. When you buy typical spice drums, I'm not gonna say any brands, but when <laughs> when you buy a, a lot of the famous spice drums uh in the store, a lot of them will use artificial extracts, artificial flavors. They'll they'll add coloring to to their rum and a lot of sugar and all these things that if you make it the right way aren't necessary. Um because what what we do is totally the opposite. We just start with an ultra ultra premium rum and then we just infuse it with natural flavors and that's it. There's no artificial colors or no weird extracts that go into it. So, we're very proud with how we make our product and and honestly I think That's how most spice rum should be. And I think consumers don't know this. I think they assume that the spice rum that they drink is just like naturally spiced. But most of the times they aren't, you know?
0: Yeah. And also not just naturally spiced, but naturally like that golden brown color. Because whiskey too, it's clear when it goes in the barrel. It gets the color from the barrels. From the barrel. And like rum is like clear and then it's infused then that's it gets the color from the anise and the cloves and the different the leaves and the trees so
1: so proper aged rum like will will also get its color from from the barrel most of the times there there are different methods but yeah our color is 100% natural uh there's a lot of brands that they're great brands don't get me wrong like if you try it it'll taste great but a lot of a lot of these great brands like they're adding coloring to to their rum and I personally, as a consumer, I don't like anything with added colors, with added extracts. I just try to keep everything clean. Not only the stuff that I put into my body, but even the shampoo that I use or, or yeah. wh- whatever it is that I use, like I always try to keep as minimal number of ingredients and as natural as possible, each ingredient.
0: Yeah, um, I'm with so, you on
1: that. Yeah, like I apply the same thing to what I drink. And that's why when when you look at this bar, like I have some of the best stuff here. I always like to drink and that because I know how it's made. So I'm very confident that it's the purest, cleanest stuff that I can drink. And that's why I, I like to drink Candela.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense. Also, you want to drink your own products. I mean, yeah, of put course. all your heart and soul into it. I have a question. Being Chileno, what, what does your family think of you, like, adopting the Dominican culture and, like, going so They love
1: it. Into this? They, they, they love the DR. My family loves the DR. Um, we always go there. Every vacation that they want to go somewhere warm, like, it's... Punta Cana, Casa de Campo, or in the North Coast, Las Terrenas, Samana, beautiful places.
0: I want to go to Las Terrenas. That's my friend yes. from the DR, and I we've never been there, and I that's somewhere that I it's on my bucket list. Casa de Campo it's, and the, and you know La Romana, like we you know done that, but yeah, it's more famous. La Terena, but Las
1: Terrenas, yeah. that's that's the hidden gem. That's the insider's tip. Um, I really, it's probably one of my favorite places on Earth. It's definitely like top top five places on Earth um and I initially like I would tell everybody about it now I never tell anybody about Las Terrenas because it's like starting to become a thing and I don't want it to be because it feels like you're in a deserted island just like so much raw natural beauty that I hope it stays like that forever
0: yeah for sure I know it's funny I just think it's hilarious because like we're you know, being Cuban in Ecuador and I had never been to Ecuador up until this year. And obviously I've never been to Cuba. So we go to the Dominican Republic a lot or the Bahamas a lot. Cause it's right here Yeah, um, to get that, you know, the Caribbean culture and like feel like we're at home. So it's, that's so you know, funny. It's funny that for you guys, it's kind of the same way. Although Chile is definitely on my bucket list, Chile, Argentina to do Patagonia and all the wine I
1: can. <laughs>
0: I can drink. Yeah.
1: All great places, all great places. But it's it's funny you say that because it's kind of like a shift that we gave our product and our branding. Um, because initially it was very much about just Dominican culture, but then we realized that a lot of the Dominicans in the States, they've never even been to the DR. And, you know, they really identify with Dominican culture, but they're American. And it happens with all Latinos, really, especially Latinos that were born in the U.S. Yeah. Um. So we decided that Candela is actually more of like a Latin drink than than a dominican drink in terms of what our brand stands for yeah and we realized that we wanted to be that brand that really represents latin culture because as a latino like i i personally i maybe you feel the same way i personally feel that like you look at hip-hop there's so many great brands that are associated with hip-hop but you think of latin music and latin culture there's very few brands that are actually like associated with that and as a latino i feel like there aren't a lot of brands that are really like owning latin culture like in a cool way and in, in like a a trendy uh, way. I think it's and-
0: hard because there's so many countries and each country is so unique and has its own cultures. But yeah, I think yeah. there are some elements of the culture that do like all exactly. of them identify with. So I think that's kind of cool. I like that. I like that. So,
1: so that's what I'm we did. We, we worked with some great people that kind of helped us identify this. And they realized that what lies at the DNA, like at the essence of the Candela brand is what lies, they, they said, what is the essence and the DNA of all Latin people, whether you're from Ecuador, from Cuba, from the DR, Puerto Rico, Colombia, like, what is it that makes Latinos Latinos? Because when you meet somebody Latino, they're a Latino, right? Like, whether you're from Ecuador or Colombia, Venezuela, at the end of the day, we really share a lot of the same values and culture and way of being, right? It's, it's kind of like the same, um, even though you might have different drinks and different uh, types of cuisine, right? But ultimately, it's kind of like the same culturally. And we kind of discovered something that is the the common thread between all Latin people. And that's our secret sauce, which I can't really share right now. But we're redoing our branding. And that's going to be like the thing of our brand. That
0: that pitch right there. I was like, I'm waiting. I'm intrigued. So I'm excited to see what comes out.
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you a glimpse. So we realized that uh and it goes in our tagline our tagline is candela our new tagline is feel the fuego and we realized that the fuego is what all land people have and yeah my and friends joke about
0: that like well i mean a lot of people joke about it. like being spicy like latinas yeah. are spicy like and exactly. all my friends they're like you are just too much and i'm like i can't
1: yeah exactly <laughs> and those typical memes of like latinas like <laughs> being crazy know, like, yeah they're true <laughs> yeah. and they're true and, and and but we love that about it and, and, and have you seen like those typical memes of like Like gringo Americans being like, rehab, like I dated a Latina and I survived, you know, all these things. (laughs) And and that's what makes Latinos great uh, and unique. And it's like, we're fiery, we're passionate, we're outspoken, we're unapologetic, we're so proud of our culture. And that's what makes Latinos Latinos. That's what unites us all. There's a lot of differences, right? Uh, An Ecuadorian and a Venezuelan, totally different. A Brazilian and a Dominican, totally different. But there are a lot of things that really do make us the same. And Candela's trying to capitalize on that and and, and really make that like the, the essence of our brand. So that. you're gonna see a lot of new stuff come out, starting I'm with excited. a new bottle and new new branding. Um and it's really gonna be about the essence of land people, which we're very proud to really represent.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. Like I I don't know, I, I can't wait to see it, to try it, to I think that's such a great like point of just yeah, like it's funny you say like when, I don't think people think I'm Latina right when they first look at me, but then the minute I open my mouth, they're like, oh yeah. She, oh yeah,
1: she's Latina. <laughs> she's
0: she's something. Um, but like they don't, because yeah, like you, it's hard to tell sometimes. Like I, I'm light hair, dark eyed, but like I'm olive skin. Like they're like, yeah. are you Italian? Are you? Midi- you could Italian? be, yeah, you could totally like, be Italian. Yeah, I, I can be a lot of things, but it's funny the minute I open my mouth, they're like, yeah. It's funny. Jeez. And I, and I, and, and what you were saying about like being passionate, being all these things, like I've actually had that be used against me. Like several people growing up have told me, you know, you're too loud, you're too passionate, you're too emotional, you're too overwhelming, you're too this, you're too that. But, and I've shared that before on the podcast, but I think that's the essence of what makes us who we are as, yeah, we embrace you know. it, we own it is embracing it and being unapologetic about who we are and where we come from. And
1: exactly. You
0: know, for example, I don't know if you were born in the U S but I was born in the U S both my parents were, I'm the first born here, but growing mm. up in a city like Miami, you know,
1: You're hugging people and, and you're we're
0: hugging and kissing people in the cheek. I was yeah. like, people well, are like, what the fuck is going on right now? I was like, sorry. Like, I know I, I, I knew I didn't mean to, I couldn't do that, but like, I don't know how to not do that. It's so
1: funny and and it's so true and and I think that's what's great about Latinos and Latinas that we really embrace that. And don't tell uh, don't say anything. I bet when you went to Tennessee, you were hugging kissing people and even if they thought that it was weird, you're like this is how we do it. This is what we do and you're just like not not holding back because at least the people that you were close with, I, yeah. I bet Like, oh yeah, but kinda, like,
0: once they knew that and they they like they yeah. embraced it, they're like, okay, like I respect that's your thing. Like I'm cool with that. Like once they they knew me and they got to know me and they, I explained why, they're like, oh yeah, kind of cool actually. And it's um, funny because
1: I I had the same situation. You know, my wife family they're from Wisconsin, so same thing, right? Like full American.
0: What is it with I, us wanting to date like American?
1: I don't know, man. It's it's a thing. <laughs> Listen, I don't discriminate. I love gringas, Latinas. All women around the world are fine with me. I think it was just a coincidence, I guess. Um, but it's funny because I go there, visit, visit her family. And I'm hugging everybody. Um, you know, the way that we are, right? Like, how have you been? How's life? You get excited. You're, you know, yelling and screaming and doing all, all these things. Just like very, very loud. And And they ended up like really liking that about me. I, I think so at least for the most part, not-
0: I think once people understand it and understand where it comes from and that it's just a cultural thing that like, it's just that we are just very passionate and full of life. I think yeah. they're like, okay, like that's cool. And they're a lot more willing to embrace it, but it does take a second to understand it.
1: Um, oh yeah. It's, it's but- like, it's like our food, you know, everything about Latinos, it's the food is you know full of taste and spice the colors are bright the music is loud it's like yeah like maybe if you're not used to it it take it takes a while to become used to it but now people you know they're they're listening you go to a mall in wisconsin or in tennessee you'll be hearing about bunny and and you know coquito is becoming really popular as a holiday drink you know more than eggnog and all these things Uh, yeah
0: i hate eggnog but i like coquito
1: (laughs) exactly well it's way better you way can't better. even compare right like no. who well once everybody hears about like and tries coquito nobody's ever gonna drink yak again i mean yeah. you can't even compare exactly. but but it's like i i feel like latin culture is finally starting to cross over to the mainstream yeah and and consumers are loving it like people people love it and that's why bad bunny's been the most stream artist two years in a row globally you know
0: it's so funny, my Spotify rap the last two years has been like complete extremes. It's like bad bunny and then like country music. They're like
1: <laughs> hey, they go well the together. Same person. Yeah. Um, but
0: I I don't know about you, but like this is my theory. I'm like Latin music and country like Spanish music as like a language, not like did genres and country music, they're the same thing. It's
1: yeah. It's oh it's like, it's like it's it's just
0: it's in length a different language, but it's think the, about Luis the, Miguel, like thing.
1: Luis Miguel and the boleros. It's all like I don't wanna say country because it's not like honky tonky, but it's like
0: But Banda is country music. It's Mexicans Mexico's country music.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and and a lot of the themes and like how the songs and the lyrics are, it's it's so much like country music. And and Pitbull actually has a lot of songs with I, I forget the artist, but but he has songs with uh, this country music artist and they're great songs and it's uh yeah, no, it, it's a thing. I, I think yeah. multiculturality is great. My favorite food Nike food, you know, Peruvian and, and Japanese. It's delicious, you know. What's yeah, it Asian, like?
0: Asian Peruvian fusion is a thing. I know we eat a lot of Peruvian food because there's not a lot of Ecuadorian restaurants here, if any. I don't think.
1: Yeah, and um, they're very similar. You know, it's the they're very similar and foods.
0: And, um, ceviche. and Cuban. Yeah, lots of ceviche. My mom is Cuban. She's the Cuban one, and like she learned to make ceviche. We make uh cazuela.
1: Mm.
0: You know, but then I get my Cuban food fix every day at home too. So
1: it's all that's good awesome.
0: Yeah. What is your favorite part? We were talking about like the, like of owning the brand, but of being the CEO, being the one to really like steer this ship, like, and what have you learned about entrepreneurship
1: in the last few years? That's a great question. I mean, it's, uh, you learn every day. That's one thing. Um, I think what I like about being the CEO is it's great to shape the strategy and direction of the company product and then see if things work or not and, and have full ownership uh i am big believer in in i'm a big believer in having full ownership in anything that you do so i love that when you're the ceo you get to say like okay if something was successful like i was the one leading this effort and if something fails too like i'll i'll take the the blame and then obviously there's a team working with you, right? So there are some really bad people that, you know, they'll blame their team when something doesn't work and they'll take credit when <laughs> something goes well. But I'm I'm a big believer that as a proper leader, you need to take full ownership of things. And that means sharing the wins when, when, when things go well, but it also means assuming the faults when something doesn't work. And I think that's a very cool thing about, about being a CEO. And I think that's better than when you're, part of a machinery and you just play your little part, but it's it's not as much as having full ownership of something. Uh so that that part I really like. And then I, I also really like the people aspect. I, I love working with my team. I love seeing them grow. I love believing in people and having them prove me right, you know, like uh a lot of the people on my team, like I, I took chances on them and they've grown to be great at what they do. So those things you can only do when you own own your own business and uh i love seeing you know all the jobs that we create and i really think that the world needs to be kinder and pay more attention to entrepreneurs and small business owners and and i don't want to get too political here but i i really do think that it's very bad for any society when people start vilifying like businessmen and women you know like tax the rich and um, the income inequality and this and that. And it's like, that's all sounds great in a slogan. But then when you actually meet a business owner, even if it's a, I'm not going to say Google, right? But let's say like a small and medium business, They it's a lot of work and people are trying hard and and the real humans behind these companies. And when you meet these real humans that own these companies and, and you see how much their employees mean to them and how... Uh, you know, every time they run payroll, they're putting food on, you know, people's table. It's it's incredibly, I, I think it's an incredible honor, to be honest, you know, knowing that uh, every 15 days when you run payroll, this family, this guy in the Dominican Republic is going to feed his family. Like, that's everything to me. I, I love it. And I, I want to have 100 more of you, you know, I, I want to have 100 more people on my team, because that's what makes a difference in people's life. And then your employees will come to you and say, wow, like you really, you really changed my life. You really helped me, you know, get my daughter into the university because I couldn't pay for it before, or you helped me move into a better house, or finally I could afford a car. And now my wife doesn't have to ride the bus to commute to work. And it's like all these things that you don't think about when you speak in broad terms, but then when you actually go down to the story, you you look at one individual company, one individual founder, one individual employee of the team, And you realize like, wow, like being a business owner is a massive opportunity to really make a difference in whatever society, country, city you live in. Um, And I think that's a tremendous honor. So, you know, big, big kudos out there to all the business owners, whether you're a small business or a giant business owner, it doesn't matter. Like, it's so hard to, to get your product and your company to be successful that I just think it's something that people should be really proud of and should really celebrate. Um I love
0: that I I love that. I agree. I think I don't know that's part of why I wanted to be an entrepreneur in the first place was I like being the one to, you know, be the decision maker and yeah, take accountability if things don't work out, but also just when they do work out, be like, wow, like I I had a part in that or I did did that. Exactly. That's really cool. And I cannot wait to build a team and see it grow. But I think for someone who's already done that and like what you were just saying about being able to you know, put, help people put food on their table. And like, it's it's a really admirable thing. And my mom always talks about, both my parents are in corporate America, but my mom always talks about how, like starting at a small company, small law firm, small business is the best way to start because the mentorship and like, they are invested in you a lot more oh, than yeah. big companies where you're expendable and you're replaceable, but at a smaller company, you, you really get to be a hands-on person part of the company the and, experience and, is
1: totally different yeah
0: yeah and that's I'll always gravitated more towards the smaller side of things than going off of my own like I'm the one doing it all and it's exhausting and it's a lot of work but I wouldn't change it for anything like I can't imagine not being the one in charge you know um it,
1: it's a personality trait I, I remember like if you're meant to be an entrepreneur you'll know and I if never you're meant thought to have- I,
0: I never thought I would be at all, ever in my life, no one thought I would be. But the more I've leaned into it, everyone was like, "This makes a lot of sense." And yeah. like, I have so many other business ideas, and my dad and I will sit and talk for hours about them. And he's like, "He'll look at me all of a sudden and be like, I don't know who you are, but like, I like <laughs> this. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about where this. Like, I. He's like, I don't know where you're going, but I know it's gonna be really cool. And like, I'm excited to That's see so what That's so
1: funny. But it's true. I mean, what once you know, like once you get a taste of it, like you'll know. I remember I I, I, I didn't really know either. I thought I'd be because I studied finance and I thought it'd be like a Wall Street type or, you know, like hedge fund or whatever. Like I, in, in my mind, that was my my future world. But then when I actually started working in an investment bank and I, I was actually there working, even though I, I love finance, I love it. i I've, Always been in investing my own money in the stock market. I started working for an investment bank. And I was like, this isn't for me. I couldn't. And I had a great team. Don't get me wrong. My boss was great. Everything was great. Great company. But I would bring ideas to the table. And they'd be like, yeah, great idea. But but no, like, we can't do that. I can and really- then I'd, I'd suggest changes. change. He's like, no, sorry, we can't do it. And, and at the end of the day, like when you're creative, you get so frustrated in an environment like that. And that's when I said, you know what? I can't work for anybody. I just need to work for myself. And and, and once you start, it's like, it's hard to go back.
0: It really is. I was going to ask, so I was wondering what your background was before you started Candela. And then I was going to ask you, I, I had a feeling it might have been something related to finance. Um. So I was going to ask you, what do you enjoy more? Like the CEO business side of things or this creative, like the taste testing and the coming up with the branding and like the you know, the the more glamorous side, like which, which side of it do you enjoy? Because you do have to do both.
1: Oh yeah. You have to do both. I personally enjoy the creative aspects of the business. So I love coming up with new concepts, new products, new ideas, new lines of whether it's new lines of products or a campaign that we're doing. That part for me is what really gets me fired up. And, you know, I, I go to sleep thinking about it and I wake up thinking about it and yeah. It's it's the part I enjoy the most. You have to do everything, obviously, uh, when you run a business. But I think that part is by far the the one that I I really enjoy doing the most.
0: Yeah, which makes sense with what you were just saying about what it was like for you working in investment banking, um, yeah. and finance. But yeah, I had a feeling that that was what you did beforehand. I was like, I mean, I want to ask, like, which side does he enjoy more? Um, oh
1: yeah, it's but... no, I'm 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 a creative person by by nature. Like I. I, like what you said, like I'll be talking about business ideas all day long. And I'm really good what, at
0: coming up with ideas for other people. Like people will be talking about their own thing and like they're, yeah, yeah. But they're working on I'm like, yeah. And and they're like, you should. I'm like, I mean, that's kind of why I became a trademark attorney. Like the strategy behind the brand and building of the brand, I was like, this is enjoyable to me. But like, yeah. I just, I love doing that for other people. It's really hard to do it for myself, but I'm really good at doing it for other people. Hey, um,
1: but there's, there's a lot of value in that, you know? It's, uh, People pay a lot of money for consultants that give them ideas and tell them, you know, how they should change their business. And I think it's it's cool that you're like that because ideas and creativity are, you know, like good ideas and and good creativity, I think is like the rarest commodity these days. There's a lot of great managers and a lot of great professionals out there, but it's coming up with these unique concepts that is truly a very valuable commodity out there. And yeah. that's why you get big companies that rather than creating their own products, they'll usually acquire smaller companies because even though they have the best people in the world in their, in their uh, roster, they, they can't come up with these ideas.
0: It can't, Usually I think I was talking about this yesterday. I think the best companies, the best businesses in general come from where the founder themselves had a need for it and then they saw white space in the market and they're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the one yeah. to do it. And that's exactly what you did. You you saw that there wasn't Mama Juana being sold anywhere. And you were like, Exactly, I want I want to drink this. Like so I'm gonna make it for me. And then I can sell it. And it grew. And you know, there I think that's and I, yeah, that's why these businesses get acquired because the, the big guys at the top don't think about, you know, the little things like that. But I think there's so much value in being those little companies. And then you get to choose like, do you want to be sold to a bigger company or do you want to stay independent? And then that's totally up to you. But I think it's really cool being the one to to be able to say like I saw that need in the market. I took it I I took it. I I went for
1: it and exactly I mean, it you worked for out it? for you. <laughs> yeah, we look, we still have a lot of growth ahead of us, but but yeah, it's great to see that at least it it's starting to work, you know? In my mind, like I want Candela to be more famous than Patron and be consumed by that many millions of people. We're still very far away from that, but but we're going in the right direction. And that's the dream. You know, I, I, I want to create this and, and make it the most important Dominican brand and, and have a beautiful brand home and experience and museum and everything in the DR that people can visit and, and just be immersed uh, in the story and, and what we're all about. That's what's cool about creating these things is that you get to do cool things and really make a difference in, in the places that you're working in.
0: I'm excited for when that does open. Hopefully I can come visit at that point. Oh. Um, I
1: cannot wait, Kayla, because I already saw the piece of land where I'm going to put it and <laughs> I'm like, I want yeah. to make this happen. No, you're,
0: you're a lot like me. You're, you, you get an idea and you're like, all right, like, I'm just going to pursue this full seam ahead until, until it's no longer worth pursuing. And Look at what exactly. you've And I think it's really cool having that vision, something to look forward to, because I'm, I'm the same way. And yeah, I, I can't wait. I was actually just, when we went to Ecuador, we went to go see, you know, the Panama hat. And it's actually, everyone calls it the Panama hat because of the Panama canal, but it was actually, it's from Ecuador and it's really you know, Panama hats are from Ecuador. And so That's we went so to cool. the original Panama hat factory and we, you know, I, I don't have, I don't know where it is, but we have, like, we brought them and like we got to the museum and we got to see how they're made and all that so like that was the vision literally the fact that when you were just like that's literally what I had in my head um yeah I think it's I don't know it's it's really cool I'm, I'm excited for you um but yeah what is speaking of like visions and dreams like would you have ever like when you were in college studying or I don't know like did you ever imagine like you knowing you were a creative person and you were like, okay, like this isn't like really what I wanted, although I like finance, like this is interesting to me and I enjoy it, but like this isn't really where I see myself. Like,
1: did you ever in a million years think that you would this is what you would be doing? Never. And what's funny is that I kind of like looking back, I'm kind of like connecting the dots, but back then I had no idea. I mean, uh-huh. I remember back then in college, I was a big fan of advertising in general, but I used to really love the absolute vodka ads. Where would say, like, I don't know, like, absolute something, and, and it would be, like, in the design of whatever that was. Um, so, for example, like, I remember the absolute uh, Swedish House Mafia one where it was just, like, an all-black bottle or or things like that. And I, I remember I started collecting absolute bottles and all the, their special editions. Um, I even had a Romero Brito bottle. <laughs> um so I I had all these bottles and I started collecting them and I was really really interested in in like the branding side of of, of these liquor bottles. And then I I would think about, "Huh, what if I own my own vodka like made in Chile out of like glacier water from Patagonia and like a you know, I would think about like all these concepts and stuff." But but I never like realistically thought about it. Yeah. It was just something that I was very attracted to.
0: But hey, everything um, happens for reason. You had that vision, you we're on vacation. And like, it's like, you got like, you, you kind of got yeah. both like it, it worked. It, it happened for you. And I, I, I like, it's funny, like I'm the same way I never in a million years would have thought that I would be doing what I'm doing. But as I, you know, certain people in my life, mentors and professors and friends would ask me certain questions, and I would start like, connecting the dots. And it Yeah, looking back, like, I can't see myself not doing this, Right. Like, I never would have seen myself. Like, it's funny. People will ask, like, if you didn't go to law school, what would you be doing? I'm like, I would still be doing what I'm doing. I just maybe wouldn't be doing it in the exact same way because I obviously wouldn't be a lawyer. But like, right. I would be still doing something very similar. Very so related. Probably yeah. public relations or like branding strategy. Like, it, it makes a lot of sense what I'm doing. Like, it mm. it, it just is who I am. And I, it, it, everything happens for a reason. So I think that's really funny that it started off with an absolute bottle.
1: I think I don't know. You, you're way younger than me, Kayla. Sorry, I'm I'm an old man. But
0: <laughs> how old are you? We, you Don't look
1: very old. I'm I'm old. Uh, I listen. I'll tell you how old I am. We I used to use the the instant messenger, the MSN messenger.
0: Okay, I remember I don't think you ever, it. I I vaguely remember it, but yeah, I didn't. I use don't think
1: it. you ever got to use that. Yeah. First, I used ICQ, uh, and then the, the the Microsoft like the MSN messenger. That's what everybody in my school used um you remember
0: like aim was like what we would use in like middle school so that yeah. was yeah
1: so okay <laughs> so like that i and, and the reason why i'm saying it is because back then you would have to create like your own nickname which is like the name that people saw you use yeah and i remember mine was absolute russo which is my last name <laughs> and now that i think we're like huh i was already interested in liquor back then but yeah. i would have never imagine that i actually would have my own brand but yeah Now that I think about it, yeah, I I guess I was always kind of interested in it.
0: Makes sense. It's funny. It, You know, everything really, you know, it's funny. I also, as a kid, when I first found out I wanted to be a lawyer, I would always say, like, I wanted to be a lawyer for a lifestyle company like Coca-Cola or like Mm. Nike or something like I, you know, I wanted to help them be able to enter new markets and the the branding, the strategy, like being like, it made a lot of sense. And like, nobody ever told me I couldn't do it. It was just like, all right, like, Good luck. Like, I don't know how you're gonna do that, but like, all the more power to you. And hey, totally possible. Yeah. So I think that's really cool for anyone who, you know, maybe. Okay, two two different questions here. For someone who's like you, like back in when you were in your investment banking days, you were kind of like, okay, like this isn't exactly like what I want. Like, I like this, but like I think there's more for me. Like, what's your biggest piece of advice for them?
1: I think the biggest piece of advice, in general, for, for for anybody really, especially when you're young, is to really learn about yourself. Take some time to to really be honest with yourself. What makes you tick? Uh, what makes you feel frustrated? Or or very viscerally know that something's like not the right thing to do. Um, I think you should pay very close attention to these signs that. That your gut and and your feelings give you they're they're so important because when when you work in something that you're excited about and and that you you probably have a good time doing very likely you you will be really good at that and if you're good at that it'll be a positive reinforcement cycle where you'll be more successful at it then you'll be even better at it and and it just feeds off uh, off of that um so I I really think anybody that's kind of like figuring out whether you're studying or your first job or even your tenth job it doesn't matter but take a second to say like do I like this who am I what types of things do I like do I like following instructions or do I like leading do I like being outspoken or do I like being introverted um do I like being creative or do I like being analytical and very like operationally focused uh, methodical um do I like open ended thinking or do I like uh, narrow thinking. Uh, it's important to ask yourselves all these questions, whether it's about your career or whether you want to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend, right? It's like, like just be true to yourself. Be true in learning what you like. And when you're young, maybe like you'll be with somebody that maybe you don't really like, but because you think you kind of like have to adapt and, and maybe I'll, I'll end up liking them or maybe not, but you're still figuring yourself out. But the more you learn about yourself, the easier it is to know like, no, like that person's not for me because you know certain values become clear, certain certain uh, ways of life and, and ways of being become clear, um, and it's it's important to take a moment to really learn all these things about yourself. Yeah. I'll give you a, a, a stupid example. Like for me, food is so important. Um, I love eating. I love everything about food. All I think about is food. Like I, I think yeah. about food all day long. Okay, <laughs> I would never be able to be with somebody that didn't enjoy food you know you know those people that just eat to get the nutritional value but they oh, don't know i'm it. the
0: same way as you like i see a new restaurant I'm like i immediately goes on us i'm like we need to go like who yeah wants- i
1: want to go like like I'm, I'm all about that lifestyle and some people and no, no shade i mean it's just the way that you are I, I don't discriminate but some people just eat to get calories and they don't care if they're eating uh mac and cheese or a lobster or seafood it doesn't matter right like i don't think i, I would be able to marry somebody like that because like I, I get a big part of the enjoy, enjoyment enjoyment out of my life in eating new foods, discovering new restaurants, traveling and, and eating and and 100%. if you're not there to share it with somebody, like you need to find somebody that's a good match for you. Or if you're a party animal, all you want to do is go to Burning Man and you know, all these different things. And you have somebody that hates loud music and doesn't like concerts, like
0: maybe yeah, it's not the own person.
1: Yeah. So so same thing applies to your career and if you're starting your own business. It's you know, if, if you're if you can't stand people uh, or social situations, like maybe don't start an influencer agency. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like learn about yourself and, and, and do things that really go along with your nature, I, I would say, is a good, good piece of advice.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: Honestly, I couldn't agree more.
0: And then for people who are just early stage entrepreneurs, they, they have that idea. And they, they don't really know where to start or where to go from here, or they've been doing it for a little while, but they need some guidance. Like for someone who's just starting out and being an entrepreneur, what's your biggest piece of advice for them?
1: To start. That's the biggest advice. There's a great saying that says, uh, hesitation killed more businesses than failure ever did. And I'm such a big believer in that because I always, I always get people that come to me, ask me for advice hey, let's grab coffee, let's grab lunch, i would love to get your advice, right? And they all have great ideas. But then I'm like, great, you should do it. And then you follow up with them in three months, six months, and they don't do it because they're still thinking about it, they're still figuring it out, they're still debating whether it's a good idea. And analysis paralysis is very dangerous to, to entrepreneurship. It's like the best thing you can do if you're starting as an entrepreneur is to start, throw yourself in there, and then you'll figure it out. And you won't know 99% of the stuff that you need to know, but you will figure it out. At some point, you will figure it out. I, I always encourage people that have an idea or that really have the the desire to start something to just get started. The The best step is the first step. <laughs> yeah. Then you see what you do with your other leg, right? But at least you got to take the first step.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. It's very true. Well, Alejandro, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is amazing. I cannot wait for people to hear it and for people to try Mama Juana and Candela. So where can they get it and where can they find you?
1: You can find us online at drinkcandela.com. On Instagram, also drinkcandela. And in stores, you know, any Publix Liquors, Total Wine, ABC, uh, you'll be able to find our product. So hope everybody enjoys it.
0: Well, I will link that below. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk it's to you guys. It's such
1: a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.